The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. He's going to go to sleep. He's going to tap. You look for the new guy when the guy's been right there the whole time. There's black belts, and then there are black belts. And I'm a Sarah BJJ black belt. Aljamain Sterling, ladies and gentlemen. They are so even on total strikes at the moment. That is real-life ninja stuff. Oh, my God. you got to be kidding me. You know, he was coming hard. He had heavy pressure. So I said, why not just throw it? You know, and I got it. Joaquin Numenza Barkley! Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Please tell me that's on video. I've never been happier. I'm made for a fucking podcast. That's <laughs> dangerous! Listen to me, we're at it! Welcome to UFC Unfiltered, the Monday edition. I'm saying that like it's an official thing that we do. It's important. Yeah. A very busy show. I like a good busy show. Uh, we have uh, Javier Mendez is joining us today. Yes. Obviously over at AKA and uh, we're going to talk about Habib. And what, what an amazing stable of fighters. Uh, yes, Jimmy. Yeah. Speaking of amazing, speaking of amazing, I'm going to say one more time. Speaking of amazing... What am I going to say? What? Oh, God. I didn't say, dude, Jimmy, you and these shirts. What? I love it. You're probably selling a lot of these chip shirts. Oh, oh I didn't realize it. Oh, the mummy? Oh, you do. It's actually dude, the dummy. It's dude, look the at dummy. that fucking face. It probably right. sells like hotcakes, too, doesn't it? They do, yeah. Dude, that's fucking great. Um, we- let me uh, – oh, speaking – Come on. <laughs> Not my microphone. I'm a mess. Uh, hold on one second, guys. It's fucking like <laughs> Plug this in. Wait, what is this? Oh. I don't know. All right, ready? Yeah. We'll take this from the top. Um, speaking about spectacular, I don't know. What we- <laughs> Jimmy, yeah. let's just talk about Brian Ortega for a second. That's what I was getting at yes. before I got distracted by both your shirt and my dropping of the microphone. Yes. Brian Ortega took some time off. How long has yeah. it been? Two years, I want to say. A couple years. Man, I mean, listen. It feels really, like it, right? But he's never looked better versus such a, a a dangerous opponent, skilled opponent like like the Korean Zombie. And yeah. what about the timed elbow that he you seen him practicing with Tiki Goshen, his manager, who's also a former UFC fighter. I like Tiki. Tiki's a nice yeah. guy. I was hanging out with him a little bit in uh in Fight Island. You know? Yeah. You know Tiki Goshen? Yeah, I don't know him, but I know he is. 
Yeah, okay. Well, a name like that, is, he's got a cool-ass name. But anyway, you see him and Brian Ortega in the back, and you see Ortega showing that little spinning elbow. Woo! The timing on that. He almost yeah. ended the fight with that. By, talk about the um, – oh, shit. We get the great Javier Mendez ready. We're going right to yeah. get back to this fight. Yeah. We're going to get back to this fight. Yeah, yeah. We also, we also have Aljamain Sterling oh, uh, I love him. today and Joaquin Buckley. It's the great Javier Mendez. My <laughs> what's friend, up? what's up, buddy? Uh, not much. It's good to see you. Are you familiar with my friend Jimmy? Jimmy Norton? Yeah, I did the guys one show one time before. Yeah. yeah he also I, does stand-up. If you ever watch his stand-up, don't have the family in the room. It's filthy. It's funny. It's funny, but it's filthy. Thank good you. to see you, Javi. How are you feeling about uh, – uh, obviously, it's a huge fight this Saturday – and uh, I mean, there's like once in a while, the UFC puts on these like the, the, every weekend is good. And then there's these fights that everybody, even non-fight fans want to see. And this is a huge fight. Uh, I'm happy for Justin Gaethje that he's getting the shot. Um, and, and obviously you feel Habib matches up very well with him. What kind of a threat do you think Gaethje uh, poses? He uh, potentially could pose the biggest threats that we've ever had. Um, as it is, I think he's second, but he could very well be number one. And that's because he's such a great leg kicker that if we and then he's got division one wrestling skills and if we can't take him down, it's gonna be a war. When you said second, I'm sorry, Jimmy, is that who's who would be first as the most dangerous to uh I think Connor because his really? precision striking, his precision striking. If you watch the Connor fight, Habib took him down the first round. How much damage did Habib do to him in the first round? Yeah. No damage at all. Yeah. Was his takedown defense uh, a little better than you guys expected, or what was his? I mean, he was submitted in the fourth, but I mean, did he do a little? Uh, was he a little more ferocious on the ground than you guys were expecting? Uh, no, because I expect him to be better, and I've talked to other people that actually trained with him that said he's phenomenal on the ground, better than a lot of people give him credit for. So I was assuming, based on those talks, that he was he was going to be good, and uh, didn't disappoint. He was as good as I thought he was. No, he, I mean. Very, he was calm in bad situations. I think one of the differences, several differences, one of them is when things get really bad, if they do for Justin, he's not going to find, he's not going to just, he's, he's going to be quicker, harder to tap, quicker to say uncle, I should say, yeah. than Connor. And I'm not, I'm not crapping on Connor, but when the going, when he, when he knows he's done, he's like, all right, hey, that was enough. <laughs> you know what I mean? Justin, you got to really put away. You're not stopping for nothing. Come on, man. That, that guy, how many how many fight of the nights has he gotten? You know, every time, two in one night? Come on, man. He, he, this guy's a warrior through and through. You know, he's not giving up for nothing. It, it's just a matter of whether we can take him down or not. And if we can't take him down, we got enough fighter in our hands. He's a warrior, and he's great, you know, and he's proven it time and time again. Uh, he would be a difficult chore to take down and I'm sure they're doing their research they did it right I'm sure they're going to stay in the middle of the cage and I'm sure they're coming at us you know which is what what I would do but uh let's see let's see if their plan works uh you know uh so far it hasn't for anybody yeah it seems like with Habib everybody knows they're going to get taken down like you just know it's going to happen so it's a basically can we weather the storm and or or you know can we uh somehow get back up but it's kind of a given i don't think anybody expects to stay standing against habib for the entire five rounds yeah i don't think so but it's just a matter of you know how much damage does habib do while he takes him down and can they get back up again and have the same 
kind of stamina and strength and confidence that they did when they first started. But I also feel, and you would know a lot better than me, that uh, I feel I feel Habib's stand-up is underrated as well. Like, I mean, when he lands, I don't think he's got – I don't think he hits light. He looks like he has heavy hands. Yeah, yeah you're correct. You're correct. Yeah, he, he's uh, – He's uh, underestimated for damn sure on his stand-up. He can, hey, he can bang. He can bang. You know, I just don't like him to do it, but yeah. he can do it. I don't want him to, and I don't want him to in this fight for damn sure. But he can. If he had to go bang with Justin, he can. I mean, come on, dude. He went uh, the third round with Connor, totally the third round, and he barely lost. Or, or You know, I thought he barely lost, but but maybe some people thought he won. I don't know. Regardless, he can, he can strike. He just uh, – I just, you know, I prefer the, the, the better advantage, which I don't think there's anybody in the lightweight history that can match his grappling. That's why I want him on the ground all the time. Father's plan. I wonder if – I'm trying to trying to think of all of his past opponents. Has he ever fought anybody with Justin's wrestling background? And, and I'm literally – I'm really asking. Like, do we know that? Um, I'm sure you did your research. No, I, I don't know really because I haven't really done much research on his background as a Division One wrestler. I mean, yeah. Al was out. Was Al Division One or Division Two? What was Al? I'm not sure. You think I know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah <I would> <laughs> but he's good. Was, you know, but I, I don't know. I, yeah. I thought I thought Al might have been Division One. I'm not sure. But, I mean, Al was a good wrestler for Don. Sure. Yeah. And uh, a very dangerous opponent. And, and – uh, you know, Justin, you know, he's he's dangerous. He's, he's dangerous. He's riding off a, a pretty good win streak right there with good confidence, especially after what he did to Tony. He's, he's flying higher than ever, you know. So it's going to be a fight, guys. It's, yeah. it's not going to be one of those easy fights. I don't, I don't believe – I don't see how it can be easy, even if we take him down. It's going to be a hard fight. I, I agree. And Tony, it's funny. That was – because Tony and me was the fight – what was it five times they've tried to make that fight? And they're like, let's see what Ferguson does off his back. Um, you know, he's definitely going to be okay on the ground. And then, you know, and, and he couldn't do much with, with Justin. Um, to see Ferguson dominated by, by somebody, I, you knew you'd see Tony lose, but I never expected to see him dominated. Um, so Justin was really, really amazing against him. And, um, you know, obviously the goal for Habib is to take him down. But sometimes these guys who are on the ground, like you look what Ortega did. I mean, he stood up for most of the fight. Uh, 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 last weekend. So once in a while, a grappler takes you by surprise and winds up not grappling. Yeah, well, hopefully Habib doesn't do that to me again. I don't like <laughs> you don't. That's that. a heart attack. Isn't it a heart attack when, when you're, on this, you're outside of it, you want them to do something and they're not doing it? You're like, oh, please. I don't think I can take this. He's done that to me every fight except when his father was there. When his yeah. father was there, about perfect. But other than that, he's given me a heart attack. Yeah, he does things like, uh, I don't want him standing. He did that with Al. I didn't want him standing because Al baited him into coming, trying to come in so he can land the haymaker. And I told him that Al's going to do that to you. He can take a hell of a punch. He'll, you know, don't get caught sleeping because he'll catch you. And then he was doing it. Thank God Al didn't catch him. But uh, I, I, I knew that was going to happen. And I told him not to do it. I even told DC to tell him, don't get caught in a slugfest with him because it's easy to catch him. But he's going to catch you back because the guy can take a hell of a shot. You know, and that's, that's what happened. <laughs> Much like how Habib knocked down Connor because, and it's again, who's the better striker? I mean, obviously yeah. Connor's phenomenal striking, but it's yeah. always the element of surprise. Kind of like when I fought George is. back in the day, when they're yes. thinking you're going to do something, if it's been, that's where I feel I would not rule out Habib knocking out Justin. If he's thinking one thing and it's almost like, Javi, you know, the shots that hurt are the ones you don't see coming. Yeah. So if you're thinking a, a shot and you just make one wrong move and I, again 
um, Habib does have power. I see there's some there's some weight in those hands. He's not like he's not like one of those guys that's not going to crack an egg. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're you're correct. You're correct. Uh, uh, people are sleeping on his striking, or Justin is sleeping on his striking. He could get surprised because, like you said, he, he's a good striker, man. He's I mean, I he just sometimes when he when we did sparring, he just stand up with guys that are really good strikers, and believe it or not, he all strikes them. So for that. people that think he can't strike, okay, go ahead. Keep thinking that about it. This this guy keeps getting better and better. He's better now than he was for the last camp for Dustin. So people are looking at that guy. Then uh, don't expect that guy because he keeps improving, buddy. He keeps improving all the time. This is the most I've actually worked with him on one on one with the stand up. I hardly ever work with him that much. You know, this time I work with him more than ever. How is he doing too mentally? You know, obviously his dad was such a big part of his life, and, and he passed away. And how how is he? Uh kind of move forward with that was was that a, a tough transition or how is he handling it i think it was a real tough transition but when i came on board he was already in the mind process of fighting so we never really discussed it we never sat down and discussed anything we just went back like normal you know we got to go do the fight and we got to stick to father's plan and uh, that was pretty much it but we haven't i haven't said hey how do you feel you miss him i know he does i know all sure. those things are obvious you know so i, I don't want to touch on those areas because i want to focus on what's at hand here. And, uh, you know, and the one thing I did say, Hey, if you, if you want to honor your father, then honor his legacy and, and complete what he wanted for you. And that, that was pretty much all I did say. Javier, what was it like? You look like, and I saw on Instagram cause I was liking the pictures every other week. It was you when you visited over there for the first time in, in, in Dagestan. Yeah. How, how was that experience? That must've been just, it looks like they laid out the red carpet for you. They were just yeah. taking care of their coach. Yeah, they 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 love them over there in Russia, bro. I mean, I'm a shit. I'm a I I never been in that situation where everybody knows me and recognizes me. I I didn't have anybody not come up to me no matter where I was on the street. Police officers would come by, autograph and pictures. And look at that. I had a, I had a one time. Well, this was the biggest honor. I had a, a a school teacher that had like thirty kids, like you know, uh, six six seven, eight year olds or something like that, and they knew who I was and they all wanted to take pictures. Kids. That's never happened in the U.S. I mean, about 30 of them. And, uh, and I was like, I was blown away. Dude, I, it, he's so recognizable over there that even I'm a star there, which is <laughs> ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But it isn't over there. They respect their coaches big time. Are you comfortable with that? Sorry, are, like being recognized? Or are you kind of a behind-the-scenes guy? Or like, are you like, eh? I'm kind of like behind-the-scenes guy, but it's, it happens over there so much. I'm just like, okay, I understand. I just, I, you know, hey, if someone approaches you, you're always nice, you're always polite, and, you know, a request I've granted, if the pictures or anything or talking to them is not a problem, you know, so that's not an issue. I mean, it takes a lot of guts for you to approach somebody, so uh, I'm always good with that. I think it's so wild how, like, like in the Olymp- every time there's in the Olympics and whatnot, the, something about the Dagestani wrestlers, they're always making it there. You always see them. And what, what makes them so badass? Is it their, their discipline? I mean, did you see the mountains they're running? I mean, did you watch some of their wrestling practices? What is going on? What is in the, the stuff over there? Fathers, the families encourage it. They, they, they breed it. They're, they're having these kids at, when there's little grappling. If you watch it, you see it, you, you understand it. They have um, free free training for these kids, and and then they provided for them. And, and, and man, it's yeah, you're gonna see uh, a constant constant flow of great wrestlers from Dagestan, and, and also you know MMA fighters because of what they're doing over there with the father. Habib's father started over there. It's jumped into a big thing, just like the Dagestan basketball. 
if you watch that, they do that a lot too now. They're a lot of backstand basketball, and then they go into grappling, and you know it's pretty cool, you know. But uh, they breed them when they were young, bro. They 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 start them off young, real young. And uh, I went to one of the 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 picnic like where the, they were, you know, in the ranch, and they had the, the fathers would have their kids go out there and wrestle and wrestle and jujitsu each other, and you know, do very honorable thing. Whoever wins, uh, shake hand, hug, and you know that type of thing. It was pretty cool. And that's why that's, I believe because they start them young and they encourage it, just like we do over here, you know, with the baseball and, and football. Actually, they are even more so over there, more than here in the U.S. And basketball is picking up there, you're saying? Dagestan basketball, it's, it's not really basketball per se. <laughs> There's no rules. Those guys run, they'll tackle each other. And, but, I mean, it's, it's, it's not as easy to play as you would think. You know, I, I thought it was easy, but after I watched it, I went – you know what? Not that easy. I mean, it looks easy because they don't dribble. They, they just throw the ball. and It's like rugby in a way. Right. Yeah, that seems great. I'd love to tackle. I suck at defense, so I would love to tackle somebody who's running with a basketball. Like, that seems like the best way to stop them from shooting. Yeah, they, well, that's what they do. They'll do that. But, <laughs> but you know, amazingly so, they don't hurt each other. I, I, I'm amazed, you know, because I think uh, I'd be so reckless. I either hurt myself or hurt them, you know, because I, w- I wouldn't know how to play the way they do. They play very safe, but it's but it's pretty rough. It's safe and rough, I guess. I can see Jimmy holding on to the leg and the guy's jumping down the fucking court. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> they, don't bounce, they don't bounce. They'll run. They'll run the ball. They'll throw it. They'll go out of bounds and they'll, they'll, they'll tackle each other. You know, it's like rugby in, rugby in a way and, and not in a way. But it's, it's yeah, it's, it's sort of like rugby, I would say. I would be dragged on somebody's shoe like a piece of toilet paper. I know I'd probably be even more embarrassed doing that than I am playing regular basketball. How are you liking Fight Island? Um, well, I'm in quarantine, so right now, not too cool. But Dubai, I love Dubai. It was the best, man. Dubai, Nas, uh, they, they hosted us, they, you know, in the Maidan Hotel. We were like a mile and a half away. It was, it was the greatest experience, the greatest gym in the world that I've ever been to is Nas uh, uh, Complex and Nas Arena. Uh, it's it's an amazing. It's a private gym, so you, you, no one can go in there. But but it's where all the like the soccer stars, uh, Cristiano, and all those guys would go there. You know, the, it's it's for it's for celebrity type people, I guess that that, that are you know or high high profile people. Uh, it was incredible. So if Jimmy's in town in Dubai and he's doing a gig over there. He could yeah do some uh, elliptical machine. I'll do a little elliptical machine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's a beautiful hotel over there where you're at. How long have you been in Dubai? uh september 7th wow now you don't get now you're a married man you don't get no uh honey like like honey i know you're there for work but what the heck no she's the one that pushed me to go oh (laughs) (laughs) that's great yeah (laughs) yeah she's the one that said get going you gotta go and i said that's that's what you need i don't like going but what's the one that pushed me now when you were staying in that hotel and they hosted you did you do anything, like, have you done anything in Dubai that is, like, a Dubai thing? Like, I'm, I, I want to go there one time just to go up into the Burj uh, Tower. or uh, You can do stuff like zip line off buildings, which I wouldn't do. Yeah, yeah, they zip line, they, they, uh, they jet ski, they rode horses, they rode bikes. I uh, went to see a, a friend's private, uh, uh, like, jungle, not jungle, but animals and stuff where they keep really, really good care of them. That was pretty awesome to see that. But camels, watching the camels train, the jockeys train the camels in horse racing, where, you know, uh, all that stuff was pretty cool. So the zip line, wait, they actually did the zip lining? The guys, the fighters did. I, I did not. I didn't off go Off a building? <laughs> I don't believe uh, it. It's, it's super, super long, and, and yeah, off a building, yeah. Oh. Super. It's crazy, crazy long. Some K1 
Cowboy Cerrone would do. I'm not doing yeah. that. Yeah, Cowboy would definitely do that. I sure as hell won't. No way. Yeah, they they seem to just let you do stuff that people want to do. Like you can jump off with those squirrel suits, or they like all types of weird like uh like skydiving off of these buildings. All kinds of crazy stuff that you'd never be able to get away with in the states. Dubai seems to be like fine with it. Yeah, they're fine. And you know what, guys, it's like the safe one of the safest cities in the world. You know, I mean, you're safe everywhere, anywhere. And you know, probably United Emirates, everywhere you go, it's safe. You ain't got to worry about nothing. They're, they're, they're a very safe city. and People are extremely, hospitality is number one over here in, in the United Emirates. It's, 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 it's unbelievable. So you are comfortable, you're comfortable the whole time you're there. You feel, no matter where you go, you feel like uh, you're in a good place. doesn't matter where I'm at. The people are friendly. It's just a great place to be. If you, I mean, I bet if you Google it, I bet you it's probably one of the safest places in the world. Yeah, I, I'm gonna tell you, I felt extremely safe anytime, every time I was there. And when I talk to people back home, they're like, "Ah, you're in the Middle East. What are you? You're all right." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm good, man. You don't, you don't get it. Like, you don't understand. This is very. They don't. They don't. They <laughs> try, try being in, in, in the good old U.S. of A. There's certain areas you can't go over here. You can go anywhere, yeah. anywhere, and you're safe." Yeah. I worry about my Jimmy in Manhattan right now. I'm How paranoid. <laughs> like whenever I go to a place, even if it's a place not as, you know, with as much trouble spots as New York can have, I, I never trust any place I go. Cause I'm like, Hey, if I don't know the block, you, you know, you just don't know where you are. So I tend to be overcautious and it, it's irritating. I irritate people because I'm paranoid. I, well, I think you're smart. I don't know about being paranoid. I think you're being more smart than anything. I mean, if you're not cautious like that, sometimes, you know, you're going to get caught when you're not expecting it. Where did you grow up? Uh, San Jose, California. I grew up, I, I, uh, I was born in Mexico, but I came here when I was like six. Oh, okay. Uh, was it a good area you grew up in or did, did you have to tussle a bit when you were a kid? Uh, yeah, 50-50, 50-50. I mean, you're fine, but you could be in bad trouble. Yeah, you definitely could be in bad trouble. Definitely, 100%. You just have to know where to get away. When did you stop fighting, Javi? Uh, 95, uh, on December 1995. All right, now the UFC came out 93 uh did you have any urge at all to be like let me try this or were you already on the way out absolutely not i was smart enough to know that if i didn't practice that stuff there's no way in hell i was going to go and try something different there was a new sport i said there's no way I, I i i knew i was a kickboxer and that was it i can kickbox anybody at that my at my time i'd fight whoever but yeah. in mma hell no i i wasn't that dumb no i i knew <laughs> Because, you know, when I, I used to teach people back then and I used to talk to friends of mine and, and I would ask some of my friends, you know, the boxer guys that would get in street fights and I go, do you ever lose? They say, yeah. I go, who'd you lose to? Well, I lost to a wrestler. He picked me up and slammed me in the concrete, threw me in the bushes. And, <laughs> and, and, and I had so I had Olympic judo friends of mine and stuff and they did the same thing. You know, they jacked people up. And so I was a stupid. I, and I, I was, I wasn't one of those ignorant guys. I was like, okay, they're doing something that's different here. Did you ever mess around with the jujitsu at all? Or yeah. just to train it or? Yeah, I did. It's just, I got dizzy. I can't do those roles. I, I get dizzy yeah. for a whole goddamn day in their ear problems. I did And I was, I was done with the competitiveness of it. So I didn't pursue it. I mean, if I had to do any one art, for self-defense or just for, I would be jujitsu number one. Jujitsu is number one, I think. I, I gave Ray Longo one time because he used to train his blue belt. Never took it out of the plastic. I think it's still, he never, <laughs> I mean, I guess maybe he didn't want to ruin it or open it or wear it. Might've been the last time he's been on the mat, Longo. <laughs> <laughs> ah, he knows, he, guys, he knows what his bread and butter is. Yeah. 
that and stick fighting. <laughs> Plus, when you look at uh, all the young guys coming up too, it's amazing how much different fighters are now. Even then, they were like ten or twelve years ago. Like when you look at like when Liddell, uh, you know, was the light heavyweight champion, or like in that era of fighters, how much more young fighters know than even those guys did because i guess because you start taking it when you're 10 years old now it's not something you just take as an adult yeah a lot of the major stars we're going to be seeing are, are, are like they're like 10 years old right now they're going to be you know growing up doing that because we have a lot of kids i'm sure matt you do too where you have kids that are doing jujitsu and boxing and and wrestling and and combinations and um these kids are gearing up for it man they're they're, they're coming and it's no longer going to be you know, coming out of college in your division one and you got these great credentials. Well, you got that kid that's been doing it his whole life. You're not going to be able to beat him with, with, with just uh, wrestling because you got to play catch up. And it's crazy that these kids have such an advantage now, not because the sport just evolved, but they, we didn't know what real fighting was when we grew up. Like we really right. didn't us. We didn't us three. I mean, we, I mean, who was it? Was it? Oh, it's like, especially when you're watching the action movies as a kid, I'm like, wow, is this stuff really work? Look at Steven Seagal. Look at who, who's this Jeff Speakman with all that shit he's doing. Like, you know what I mean? You don't know yeah. what works. You had an idea. You, and I, there was always the battle, of which style. And then obviously now that these kids are growing up, knowing what the real fighting is, having the UFC since they were born. Like, you know what I mean? We didn't have that. You're not beating these kids uh, uh, MMA. You're not, no one, no style is going to beat MMA. I don't care. There's just no way. That's the best style in the world to to learn, you know, and um, they're proficient in every area. So yeah. it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to beat that, you know, and uh, whatever. Anybody can come with whatever they want. Unarmed combat, I think MMA is the best. Yeah, because you watch guys who are just boxing fans. And it's fun. I'll talk to them about MMA. And they're like, ah, you look at the boxing style. They're not even throwing punches, right? I'm like, yeah, they're, they're worried about being kicked in the leg or and taken down. down. Uh, you know, there's, a, there's a whole, lot, a whole uh, area boxers don't have to worry about. They don't have to worry about being put on their back and having their shit beaten out on the floor. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I had some world champion kickboxers. And, and um, you know, one time I had one of my guys who was going to fight uh, Dwayne Ludwig. And when he was king of the cage champion, and uh, my guy comes up and says, oh, I'm going to sock up Dwayne Ludwig. I went, who are you fighting? This is... I wasn't really involved too much in MMA. I go, who are you fighting? He goes, Dwayne Ludwig. I said, you better look to wrestle his ass. You ain't gonna, you ain't gonna sock this guy up. You're gonna beat the hell out of you. He goes, no, no, I'm gonna sock him up. I go, no, you're not. So, anyways, I took it upon myself to train him, and uh, I worked with him with one of the, the the kickboxers who was a heavyweight, you know, a light heavyweight, but you know, 210 pounds. Anyways, long story short, the 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 155er kept taking down the heavy kickboxer, we tried to kickbox him. He wouldn't let him kickbox him at all. He kept taking him down over and over again. And and that's when you realize that, you know, here you got a, a guy's a world champion and he can't hang with with a kid that's that's a hundred and fifty five pounder because he wrestles. And he wasn't a great wrestler, but he knew how to wrestle. So he goes out and, and he beats Dwayne in a lackluster, you know, hold him down type fight because he wrestled and Dwayne wanted to stand up. The, so there's the opposite. Right there you start thinking, okay, how did that happen? Shouldn't have happened. Yeah. Well, look, it's uh, obviously an exciting fight. I mean, I don't even need to promote it. It's, <laughs> it's a massive fight. And, man, this is a matchup that, again, I hadn't been thinking of this matchup. It was always Tony and Habib. And then after seeing that Gaethje fight, like, I, this is what an incredible uh, fight this is. I always preferred this fight as far as you a did. competitive fight. Yeah. I thought Justin Gaethje's the harder fight than Tony Ferguson. No disrespect to Tony. Styles make fights. Can Habib... 
do what he's always done to the guy with this wrestling ability. And it's not like he doesn't have a great gas tank either, Justin Gagey. So when he does, if he, if he does escape and get up, if he gets taken down to begin with, he'll still, he's going to come out firing because the guy's enjoying himself in there. I'm getting so excited. Yeah. I, I got goosebumps, Javi. <laughs> yeah. Justin, Justin, Justin's got an incredible gas tank and the, you know, if it's a short fight, it could be for either fighter, you know, but I'm expecting a long war and I, I no one's going to quit. There's no way, there's no way Justin gives up. No way, no way impossible. And he's going to have a great game plan. You know, hopefully we have the right game plan, you know, but uh, that's one thing for sure. This is an exciting fight and it's definitely one where it could be our biggest challenge yet for sure. Well, good luck. Uh, I hope everything goes okay. And I hope it's a great fight on, on Saturday. Thanks for talking to us. It's really, it's fun to talk to you, man. Thanks, Javi. All right. Take care. Now's a great time to get a new home and take advantage of historically low mortgage rates with Guaranteed Rate, the official mortgage partner of the UFC. Their perfect combination of technology and experienced loan officers will help you get a great rate on your new home. Today's rates are historically low, so there's no better time to lock in that dream home. Get started right now at rate.com. Guaranteed Rate positively different equal housing lender subject to credit approval restrictions apply company nmls id number 2611 nmls life can be a battle whoever you are we're all fighting for something o2 industries is here to protect fighters like you that's why they created tr2 the ultimate military grade respirator it battles airborne particles, so you can fight for honor, not for air. Developed with Tier 1 operators, this respirator is eyewear compatible and fits a wide range of facial profiles. It's even approved by elite fighters like George St. Pierre. TR2 launches on October 20th, available for fighters like you. Check out its bold design and pre-order yours at protectthefighter.com. O2 Industries, proud to fight with the UFC. Let's get back to Brian Ortega. Shit, uh, man. And even when he added in the takedowns at a certain time, I loved everything about that fight. I thought he was just so un so patient, yeah. calculated. Um, what else could I say? I don't know. I mean, he was accurate. Have, have you seen, I have not seen Chan Sung Jung be so motionless. Like I, I've never seen him frozen like for as long as he was, like he was just waiting to counter, waiting to counter. And they kept telling him, you got to be first, you got to be first. Like it, it was crazy to see. I, I guess he so didn't expect Ortega to fight that fight. But I, I've never seen him so kind of stopped in his tracks by what another fighter was doing. I'll tell you though, he is smart. Uh, there's some instances where I seen Ortega get him down up against the cage and then he went up to get his neck when Korean Zombie went up, Korean Zombie could not have, or he almost arched through the cage to look up at the ceiling. He had his head all the way up, almost like anything else but this guillotine. He knew. Yeah. So, I mean, he did his homework or else he would have been out of there. Uh, wow. I, I think it's something else. And I can't wait. And listen, Ortega versus Volkanovski is going to be, um, that's going to be something else. Yeah. If he can't do nothing, you know, because he likes to mix in the takedowns if things aren't going great. And uh, Volkanovski is a little tank. As my height is in there throwing. And uh, that's going to be something else. Because is he going to look to put him down? Is he, How could he do standing with him? Whew. This is amazing. And also, uh, our buddy, Caitlin Chukagan. Um, that's a rough one. Because you TKO that, you know? in the first round. Yeah. I mean, I mean uh, Andrade. Liver shot? Liver? Pitbull. 
Yeah, she grabbed her. I think it was a liver shot. I guess so. I wasn't yeah. sure if they had broken a rib, but she grabbed her side and kind of backed up. You could tell she really got. Yeah, she was. It was an audible. Oh, like like yeah. you know, I, that's that's a rough thing to deal with. You know, I mean, listen, she dealt with a little pit bull in there, and it's the yeah. fight that we thought it would be. Um, you know, what well, we thought that Caitlyn would come out on top, but hey, man, she's in there. This is the game we play. It's a brutal game. Shit happens. You got to give Jessica Andrade all the uh, sure, you know, a lot of uh, applause, and she did the right thing. And she's uh, talk about she looked like a beast in there, man. She was yeah. just confident, aggressive, and effective with her striking and and everything else. So, and she got the takedown right away. I mean, she's she's gonna be a problem, and that's a new weight class for her. Yes. So you know, she was dumping people in a heavier weight class. Let me ask you something, Matt. Were, were sure, Jimmy, anything. To, to bounce around, uh, Jonathan Martinez looked really great over Thomas Almeida. But yes, 30 27. It was close. It was a close. No this is the thing. You have to dissect each round. I'm not, I'm not, it, when a fight is that close each round, you're like, man, this is a close fight. Then you're like, oh, 30 27. No way. It was closer than that. You got to dissect each round. Yeah. I don't know. Each round, it could have just went totally to Martinez. Sure. Or if you would have gave a round of something to – listen, if it went the other way, there's worse decisions. Because that, that's how each – you look at the numbers, too. It was close. Yeah. I do believe it was just. Even though Almeida had some moments in that fight. Yeah. You know, it's a shame in a way because, you know, he did look good, Almeida. It looked like he, he made some corrections. He wanted to – Mixing the takedowns, he wasn't effective with his takedowns. Like you saw a few times he went yeah. for a shot and or a clinch or a takedown, and they were a little off. The timing was not bad getting in, but the finish just wasn't there. So, you know, there's stuff to learn off there, but I think we'll see uh, Almeida back. And I want to see what's next for Martinez, man. By the way, James Krause, who we love, uh, snaps a, a, a very impressive uh, Claudio Silva win streak. Um, yeah, I picked him. I picked Krause, by the way. 14 fights. Yeah, I picked uh, Silva to be different. I shouldn't have. But uh, he called. <laughs> it's funny. James Krause comes on, and he's always so much. I guess he likes to uh, rile the other guys up, but he called Joaquin Buckley a shitbox, which is a very funny. Wait, hold on. Wait a second. When? On the mic right afterwards? No. Uh, let me see when. It's, he called uh, him a shitbox? Yeah, it was in one of his post uh, post fight. We got, it was we got Joaquin interview. coming on. I yeah. want to ask him about this. That Krauss called him a shitbox. Yeah. Are you going to yeah. ask him? Or you want me to ask him? We can ask both. Ask him. You're going to say <laughs> shitbox? Sure. Uh, I'm to say. Yeah, I mean it was, unusual, uh, yeah, it was an unusual attack. By the way, Jimmy Crute, uh, God, were you right? I took uh, Ms. Destis uh, uh, Bukaskis was his UFC debut. Yeah, Jimmy Crew wasn't messing around. Oh, what a fucking killer that guy is. I mean, I picked second round sub, but I'm okay with a first round TKO. And I think it's the first punch he threw. Yeah. And he came back with a, a, the left hook, and he was just a monster. I like that Jimmy Crew. He's a young guy, too. Oh, shit. Look at his name down there, Jimmy. Funk Daddy. I like that a lot. <laughs> this is Funk Daddy. So, Aljo, um, I got to ask, when did you find out? How did you get the call? Like, I'm, I'm, did you know it was coming or were you still? Because uh, they made you wait, I thought, longer than you should have had to wait. So uh, how did you exactly did you find out that you were getting the shot? Um, well, this started back when Jose, well, after I fought San Hagen. So after I fought San Hagen, I was told I was the next guy. And then it was like, oh, okay, we're going to get the contract under, um, worked on. And then that was postponed all the way until Pedion versus Jose Aldo because um, 
Harry Ciudo had retired. And after that, then it was said, okay, you'll get the next shot. Um, and oh yeah, the Marlon Marais fight versus Jose Aldo too. So all those fights kept happening and they kept pushing it back. Yeah, we're going to do it next week. We're going to do it next week. We're going to do it the following week or they'll just cold, like just no call, no shows, kind of just ghosting everybody. And um, then we had Frankie Yeager. And then after that fight, then it was like, okay, he's going to get the next shot. And then once again, uh, we, we had one last one, Marlon Marais versus Corey Sanhagen. So once that happened, it kind of just finally gave me the, the last obstacle that was in the way. So, yeah. How happy were you? Uh, How much were you rooting for Sanhagen in that fight? It, you know, I'm not like that to say I hope a guy loses because obviously it's a very right. consequential sport where, you know, you lose, it, it can be very, very bad for your health. And uh, I'm, I've never been like that. But if there was one time I was like, I hope it's a boring fight or Sanhagen just wins somehow, some way, it was yeah. definitely this one. You know why, Jimmy? Because uh, Aljo feels that if Marlon would have won that fight, he's getting a shot instead of Aljo. That's what, that's what, is that what you're feeling, Aljo? Oh yeah, a thousand percent. That's what they yeah. were trying. I do not know, now listen, I do not know why, I, and I'm going to be honest here, that I told you this, Aljo, I don't know why they would not want you as their champion, if that's how we're feeling here. Like if, they, if we're feeling they want to kind of, let's see if this guy can win so he can get, why, I mean, I just don't, I don't know why. You're great. I mean, not, and it's weird because if I say, if I try to voice this, it's because people are going to think, because you're, you know, we're buddies and you're my guy and that type of thing. But I mean, you're great on Mike. You're not a boring fighter at all. I mean, look at the, some of the guys that you beat to get where you're at. Look at your fight with Pedro Munoz. Look at your fight with Jimmy Rivera. I could go on and on. And, uh, you know, you're funky, man. Why do they not, why would you not want? This guy as your champion, Jimmy, answer me. It's, uh, it's, it drives me nuts. And I thought uh, even if Marais had knocked out uh, Sanhagen in the first round, uh, even if he had knocked him out during the glove tap, it wouldn't matter because to me, I know he beat you, but so what? I, I felt that you were in line and you, you would deserve the shot. I, I felt that regardless of the outcome of that fight, you should get the shot. And I, I like Marlon, but I was happy for you. I was rooting for, for Sanhagen so much because I was happy for you. Because, and I like him, but I wanted to see you get the next title shot. You deserve it. And even if Marais had won, you would still have deserved it, although they probably would have given it to him. Yeah, that's, that's how I felt. Um, and I appreciate that. Uh, it's been a long time coming, man. For me to take that fight on short notice with Marlon Marais, not study any tape, okay, whatever, I made the mistake. It's three years ago. He had his shot. He quit in the fight, no matter how you want to splice it. He fought. He was dominating. When it got tough, the guy quit. I, I've never seen anything like that. And for me, it's kind of like, well, why would the UFC be pushing to have this guy who's going to go out there and you know he's got that quit button in him? I'm not saying you can't change that, but that was a very telling thing about a guy who's used to being the hammer and knocking everybody out, choking him out in the first round. He gets a little adversity, and that's what you get. Um, I, I mean, I've never been put in that situation, but I had a tough fight with Pedro Munoz, and I, I don't think I'm quitting like that, where my coach has got to tell me, like, think about what your mom has done. I think, I, what the hell are we talking about? Like, what? If you got to tell me that, then there's something that wasn't done properly during training. That's just my honest opinion. It's not me talking shit about the guy. It's just what I think. And I think what was meant to be was meant to be. So hopefully Marlon bounces back, and I fight Pedro 
I win the belt, I can either get the rematch with him, or if this Corey Sanhagen is Corey Sanhagen. You know, speaking of of, of uh, you know adversity, I was you were twelve and zero, I think, at one point, and then you dropped two fights. And since then, this is what's really amazing. That could have sent a lot of guys into a spiral. You're eight and one since then, like an incredible run you're on. So that, like, you're a guy who's dealt with that. And I, I, maybe those two fights weren't as rough for you mentally. But I think for some guys that could have really changed the course in a bad way, but it didn't hurt you at all. It's like you know, you're in a very impressive streak since then. Yeah, I think um, every fight that I've lost, I think has been a huge learning curve. Uh, the Rafael Sunsa fight, man, that was me listening to the media and, and getting away from what got me to the show, which was my wrestling and my grappling. Is I let everyone tell me I couldn't strike and I tried to prove them wrong. And even though I did keep it as a stand-up fight, I don't think I was comfortable enough in my own skin to really, really let it go like I have been of late. And then the Brian Carraway fight, I think that was just stupidity at his finest, just doing three workouts a day of the fight. Matt, Matt was even there when he saw me doing my last workout in the cage in the octagon. And he said to me, like, Aljo, save some for the fight. Like, I was like, no, man, I feel good. I feel great right now. Let me just do a little bit more. And that little bit more could have been the difference maker in between me having a little bit more in the gas tank because I had a 45-minute workout in the morning. I had about an hour session, maybe two hours before the fight. And then again, in the back room, I did another crazy session. So it was like all these fights, I, I learned a lot about myself. And um, it's got me to where I am today. So I can't complain about it. Hindsight's twenty twenty, And uh, – I think the best is yet to come. Your fight IQ has went up considerably since then. Even just, I mean, pointing out, sitting down with a guillotine, even though your money with him, and caught, that might have cost us a round with carry away. You know what I mean? Little things yeah. like that. So it's like, you, dude, you got so much smarter since then. Different People say, oh, he's a different fighter now. You're a different guy now. And not for nothing, you had to, after that second fight, you had to come back, fight an undefeated fighter in Brett Jones, the pikey. And that's, you're fighting a guy. Now, you're guy, you're now look, think about this, Jimmy. If a fighter who was on a streak and got a lot of hype drops two, now he's got to come back. Where is his confidence? He's got to fight an undefeated fighter. A guy, I believe he was undefeated. Yes, the pikey? At least. Yeah, 15 and 0. Yes. And you're dealing with a guy whose confidence is, I don't know. He's never tasted defeat. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then Aljo goes, you're going to taste these feet. And what do he do? <laughs> I don't know. Listen, Jimmy, that's a chip joke. But listen, <laughs> he fucking went in there and said, you know what? Now, this is all wrong. I don't give a shit. Undefeated. I don't give a... I am the funk master. And he showed <laughs> the world. Just like in Black Panther, when the mother was screaming, when he was about to lose the challenge match, show the world who you are. That's what he heard, except it wasn't the mother saying it. It was not a release. I, I don't think I said that. But no. <laughs> I might have threw out Okanda line. You never know. Me and Aljo are very tight like that. But he went in there and then just a different guy, man. He's channeled in. And now look at this guy before. So look at his last fight with Sanhagen. You got a new fan. I showed you that already. That basketball yeah. player, Terrence. Yeah. I did this show, Jimmy. I did the podcast the other day for this. Uh, you know his last name, Terrence? Ter Terrence Ross. Terrence Ross from, from the Orlando uh, Magic. Yeah. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. I got it right. Only because they just told me. But a nice guy. He's got this podcast. I'm going to give it a plug later because I forget things. But then, you know, he's so into, he's, he's really getting into this MMA, the MMA. So I bring up Funkmaster and I go, look, you have to watch his fights after this. That guy hit me back 
And he was like, I'm a Ster- I'm Team Sterling. The guy loves him now. Oh, <laughs> biggest, he's got his biggest fan. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, man. Aljo is an entertaining fighter. And he's going to be a phenomenal. I'm not counting on chickens, but we got the work to put in. Yeah. But when he gets this belt, he will be a, a dominant champion and an entertainment, entertaining champion. How does it feel? Like, I mean, you, you fought big fights before, but you fight, you got the title fight. Like, how, how does it, did it change anything mentally for you? Um, I don't think so. Besides, I got to do 25 minutes instead of 15. That's probably the biggest concern. And I, I fought 25 minutes before on the regional circuit at Cage Fury. Um, I went five rounds, but that was the only time that the fight's actually gone five rounds. And obviously the competition then wasn't what it is now, but uh, I think I'll be more than ready for it. But that's the only thing that I got to just make sure I'm in shape for that. Oh, this is your first five rounder in the UFC? Yeah. I've never been co-main event, never been main event. So this is my first time kind of getting it all at once. And uh, it's kind of, it's very, it's very exciting. Not kind of exciting. It's very exciting. I don't think it's really sunk in yet until we're going to be like right there. And it's like, Oh, we're on a poster, you know? So I, right now it's kind of like, I felt like this should have been given to me a long time ago. And it is what it is. I think it's just giving me more time to prepare. Yeah. I mean, look, you're ready for it. I mean, uh, you know, you're ready for it. You know what you did to a guy like Sanhagen, who's a a killer. And and you, you know, maybe uh, this is the right time. This, this is the right time for it. Yeah. Sanhagen looked like a beast in that last one, man. And uh, you know, it makes me feel even better. So um, I'm just hoping that the fight that I had with him wasn't a slip up like he, like I had with Marlon, you know, cause I understand it's hard to show up every day, every night for the fight. It's not like basketball. It's not like football where you can get, perform the next week or next couple of days to try to right the wrong. Um, like I look at it like a guy like GSP, Khabib, uh, John Jones, guys who show up time and time again, a guy who could be undefeated, even though GSP did lose to, to, to Matt. Um, but that mental space to always show up and perform and not let the doubts get in your, your head, it's hard to do, you know? So uh, I don't know if that could have been the case with Corey. Hopefully it wasn't. Hopefully it was just me just being the better man that night. Even though, you know, still that's what it is. Same thing with Marlon. He was the better man that night. Um, it just makes me feel more comfortable in my skin knowing that I could do that to anybody in this weight class. I, when I say this, I don't say it with disrespect to the champ, Peter Jan. I feel style-wise, I feel core. Corey Sandhagen is the tougher fighter. We were expecting yeah. a fucking war in that fight. And I feel that if he fought Peter Jan, I think Corey Sandhagen will come out on top. I think you will meet him again as champion. But I feel styles-wise, Jan's the better fight for you too. I think that uh, you're going to impose your will on him. And I think he's a game fighter. And uh, I again, I, I, I cannot wait to December 12th. It's December 12th, isn't it? Yeah, December twelfth. We got we got and we got the week before we got uh, Marab. Marab fighting Cody Stamen. You're uh, one of your old dance partners there. So this is exciting, Jimmy. Exciting times for MMA in general, but specifically our team here. This is just yeah, Long Island. You know, me and me and Longo. Longo's talking to that dude every day. He's psyched. Now, Aljo, where are you now? Are you in Vegas or Long Island? Right now, I'm in Long Island. Oh, okay. So you're not living full time in Vegas, or you are? No, my my general goal with that is just to split my time um, oh it is it's just to save on taxes uh new york is very expensive and when you're talking that type of money and financial situations and i'm just looking thinking further ahead down the road and uh, i just want to make sure when i do start to have my own family my own kids and everything that they're set up for their future and 
to use some of this money that I'm kind of just giving away to the government just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. So if I can use that money and, and put away 20K here, 20K the next year, 20K the next year after that for their, their accounts to when they, they're born, that money's going to compound. They're going to be set for life. You know? So that's the way I'm looking at things. And uh, I never had that opportunity with my parents and they never had the knowledge to do this. So I want to make sure I'm doing the right thing. Sure. Um, man, last year I paid t- about 24 extra thousand dollars that I could have kept for myself, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. Giving it to the government yeah. sucks because they don't do good shit with it. If they did stuff that I agreed with all the time, I'd be like, yes. all right, take what you need, but they don't. You're like, you're doing what? So yeah, you're smart. Exactly. So that's, that's just kind of my mentality on everything. And, uh, it's not that I, I can't make it work. Um, I just think it'd just be a little bit more financially responsible on my, on my end, especially if I have the flexibility to be able to travel back and forth with my cousin working for Delta. So I can fly back and forth, no problem, without having to pay that expense every single trip. So that's what makes it nice for me right now. So uh, I'm just trying to take full advantage of it while I can. And, and then more importantly, what are the balloons behind you? Oh, man. So my birthday, when I turned 31, I haven't taken these down yet. <laughs> when was that? July thirty first. Oh, happy birthday! <laughs> <laughs> That's hysterical. Yeah, just leave it up. That's like me, man. I'm. I'd have the same fucking clothes on the floor if it wasn't for my wife. You know what I mean? You got balloons on. You got your birthday was six months ago. That's hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> no wait. Is it because you're you just being lazy about taking them down, or does it make you feel really good to see them? I'm probably more lazy than anything. I don't really care, man. I'm just like, I just leave everything. I'm like Matt, the same way. I take my clothes off, I put it on the floor, I pick it up, put it on the same thing the next day. I, I don't like really me. like, it's just a lot easier. I don't got to think about it. Jimmy, when I used to live alone, I used to dry myself with shirts because my towels were never washed. You're a savage, man. <laughs> I still You're do savage. that though at the school. <laughs> you dry with yeah. a shirt? Yeah, sometimes like my buddy, the school manager, you know, pool guy, Dan. Yeah, like yeah. I, 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 that guy grabs some of his shirts and because I, I don't have anything. I go, fuck, I don't have a towel. I forgot it. So I just take some of his shirts. Don't tell him. I don't you ever wipe your ass with napkins and a sock? Oh, <laughs> Jimmy? No. no. <laughs> Is that something you should discuss with us? No, that- but I'm saying like, you know, hey, we all, at times when we're single or whatever, we're living by ourselves, it's kind of yeah. hard to keep things together. A hundred percent. You ever put your ass in a sink to clean it? No, but I've done that for fun. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. That sounds awesome. And you never, and your your girlfriend had Corona and you never got it. No. Did you stay away from her when she was on Corona? It was, I don't know. Cause we slept together for like the first three, four days. And she was probably, then after that, she was like, I think we should probably sleep in separate rooms, but I didn't really care. She, she, she suggested it. So, I honored it, whatever. Ah, that Corona could be quite a, clo- a cock block, no? <laughs> <laughs> but also nice because you get to sleep by yourself for a couple of weeks. There's something nice about that. Cuddling is fun, but sometimes you just want to sleep alone. Uh, yeah, because I like to spread out. So I'm like all over the place. I talk in my sleep. I fight in my sleep. So sometimes uh, Becca gets the, the bad end of that. So, And she can't sleep with – I snore too, so she can't sleep with a snorer. It's hard for her. I got, she got to go to sleep first. Otherwise, it's a, it's a long night for her. Why do you snore? Is it apnea or do you have, is it from getting hit? It might be apnea. I, I mean, you know, not to say it in a weird way, but I don't really get hit all too much. But um, my nose, I don't know. I think it's sleep apnea or something because I, I wake up, I could catch myself snoring sometimes in my sleep. I've never got any sleep studies done. But it doesn't mess with you. I mean, I'm tired all the time. You and I are all different time. people, obviously, but I'm always tired. Yeah. 
Like you're never tired, are you? I, I'm very tired in the morning. I have to take like a midday nap to really push through the rest of the day. Otherwise, I'm just exhausted. How do you fight like that? I, I wish I can't nap either because I'm always congested. Like, how do you fight? Like, I'm, I'm fascinated with any fighter that has sleep apnea. I can't believe it because I know how fucking it wrecks my life. So did you ever think of getting a study and maybe getting a test? Because you might be, you might find yourself with uh, just added uh, energy. Yeah, I don't know. I was, I was talking to this, talking to Joe Rogan about it on his podcast um, last year after the Pedro fight. And he was surprised too. I, I'm like, dude, I have no idea. I, I don't know if it's the mattress. They talked about the mattress and all these other things. I know for my fights, I have to take a nap before I go out. Otherwise, I'm like, I can't, I can't make it to the fight without taking a nap. I have to. That's like been a ritual of mine since I was an amateur fighter because I'm just always tired in the middle of the day. Yeah, me too. Rogan actually convinced me. He had given me his, a doctor's name because he uses a uh, tongue thing. Joe has oh. happened too. So he, he uses a, uh, a, like this tongue, mouth guard with a tongue thing with your tongue out and you can breathe better. But I couldn't use that one. So I bought like a fucking, I look like an idiot. It pushes my jaw out like, I yeah. ever see Sling Blade, Billy Bob Thornton? That's how uh. I look like. But you know what? It helps a little bit keep your tongue off your throat. Hey, listen, speaking of that, me and my wife saw a movie last night on Netflix. It has nothing to do with that. I just want to segue out. I'm sick of the fucking perfect. breathing talk. And so is the audience. <laughs> I'm sorry. I saw, and it's with the Spider-Man with Tom Holland. It's not a comic book movie, Jimmy. What yeah. a fucking trippy movie. The Devil All the Time on Netflix. On Netflix. I told Longo to watch it because it's disturbing. It's about a comic book? It's about Spider-Man? It's, no, it's not nothing to do oh. with Spider-Man. The only thing, Tom Holland, who is Spider-Man, arguably the best. Tobey Maguire might have something to say about that. Yeah. But, but you were in that Tobey Maguire one and you thought he stinks. No, you didn't. But you thought <laughs> Spidey stinks. That was your line, yes, my little Jimmy. My kids are going, yeah, your friend don't like Spidey. I go, no, he's playing a character the kids got all offended you're you're about to be not invited over to Sarah house anymore <laughs> with a fucking role in spider-man but anyway the point is it takes place in 1957 in this town that's a bunch of like inbred people and it just goes up from there fucking sneaky pastor fucking a thrill um a, a thrill kill couple that are they want they, they they pick up hitchhikers and they uh they they want his, the guy wants them to, to bang the wife and then he kills them and it is just what a crazy movie the devil all the we should have did a Matt movies minute for this we should all right I'm sorry guys let's get back to business <laughs> yeah I'll Aljo, go. I am seeing you tomorrow someplace wink wink yeah I'm yeah seeing yeah. you tomorrow for are you well we'll talk tomorrow but I'm seeing you yeah tomorrow, correct yeah I think today we're gonna do some situ situational grappling against the the cage and all that, the wall. I'm going to just test out my neck and see how to make sure I'm feeling good and go from there. All right, man. And then tomorrow night, I will be seeing you. Yep, yep. But uh, what else we got, Jimmy? Anything else before we let the... Uh, no, the we have uh, Joaquin go? Buckley in the waiting room. It was good talking to you, Joe. I'm really, really happy for you. Uh, December the 12th. Hopefully, we'll talk to you before then. It's only Guys, is this disturbing? Look yeah, at this picture sure. I sent my wife. Look at this, Aljo. Is this disturbing? <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> Jimmy, look at this. That's a terrible I said that to my wife, Jimmy. I'm going to send this to you later, Jimmy. That's a terrible photo. That's a terrible photo? Yeah, it's uncomfortable. I, I like to keep it spicy with the wifey. <laughs> spicy is fine, but that's a puckering. You don't like this, this, is, don't like this picture. No, look. I don't. I don't. Jimmy. No. My wife saw it, and she was playing the game on the other couch, and I was on the other thing, and I sent it to her. She said, oh, she gave me one of those. And that's then I gave her one of these. I gave her one of these. Look, later on. That's the face 
that a convict makes at the new guy that's, when he's being walked into the cell. That's, that's, that's the, <laughs> gives you a little kiss, makes you clean his socks. All right. <laughs> you listen to me. 13 years married, you got to keep it spicy, okay? Yes. So, Aljo, we should have cut that. I'm sorry yeah. you had to see that, Al. Don't no lose respect for your friend. I know you're too long. Taking notes. Taking notes. All right, buddy. buddy. All right, man. Listen to me. We're going to talk to you before the fight. It's not in a couple yeah. months, but I will talk to you tomorrow. The great Aljo Funkmaster Sterling. Yes, Funk Daddy. Funk Daddy. Funk Daddy. <laughs> hey, wait, wait, hold on. What do you want to plug? Plug some shit. Ah, just a podcast. I'm actually about to record it right now. The Weekly Scraps. And you do that by yourself, don't you? It's just you. Yeah, sometimes with Steve, if um if I'm here or if he has time. Stephen Lee. Far, by myself, yeah. All right, listen. Well, I like it. You got a gift for Gab. You're gifted, Aljo, in many, many ways. I will see you tomorrow, buddy. All right. Be good. Take care, man. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Hey, Joaquin. Hey, what's up, man? I didn't even know y'all was on the phone. <laughs> it's just for about 30 seconds. Hey, good thing you weren't picking your nose or anything, Joaquin. I was, I was going to be all up in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, listen. Congrats, dude. Congrats on all this newfound fame and glory. Much, much deserved. I appreciate that, man. But first off, I want to just give uh, respect where respect due, man. You a legend, dog. Matt Sarah, dog. I didn't even know I was going to be talking to you today, so man, that's lit. Oh, man. Jimmy, I like him already. I liked him. I liked him before, but now I even like him more. <laughs> a couple of things. One, I really love, and we're gonna. I want to. We're gonna get to the kick, and we get to a lot of things. I love when they have that clip of Dana going backstage to tell you about the bonus, and you were so. I because you know why? Because I know what it's like to win a fight, and I, not like that though. That was fucking phenomenal. That yeah. was that so. But to do and just being so, you just you just it's the word joy. It's just all across your face. You're just so happy. And then when he comes backstage to give you that bonus and to tell you, you seen him. And I'm not, I'm, I'll try to mimic it, but you're like, oh, Dana, no, I'm going to cry. <laughs> I love, I must have watched that as much as I watched the kick because it was a genuine moment. Right, right, right. Um, I go lie to you, man. I, I couldn't hold myself, you know, to my emotions, man. Like, you know, I, I was like a bubbly little kid, man, when he walked, you know, towards me. So, you know, just, you know, it's just seeing a person like, you know, even you speaking to you, like, you know, it's crazy because I used to watch y'all when I was a kid, you know what I mean? It'd be like, damn, I'm going to be there one day. I'm going to speak to these individuals, you know what I mean? I'm going to be around them. I'm going to have conversations with them. And, but, you know, that to actually happen. And y'all come to me now, you know what I mean? It's not me coming, but it's y'all coming to me and, you know, telling me how, you know, 
how this is such an incredible, you know, moment in uh, my career and stuff like that. It's just, it's unbelievable, bro. This, your fight, now you, how short a notice was your fight versus Kevin Howard? You said how short? It had to be like a week. So like That's seven, eight, eight days or something like that. Yeah. And you mentioned, and you were going for it, but you mentioned that you kind of just, you didn't really have a game plan because you got, you had to take the opportunity and you didn't really know what you were getting like dealing with as far as a strategy was well that that's not true i knew who i was dealing with i knew about kevin holland before i got into the uh fight and that's why i felt comfortable to t confident to take the fight uh on short notice at the same time though i didn't have a uh, strategic game plan on what exactly i was going to do i knew i was a, a better fighter i knew i had better strike i knew i had better grappling uh i knew i had better cardio strength power i just knew the fight was for me i just didn't come up with a plan on how i was going to beat kevin holland and when I lost, I lost in a striking bout. But as you see, though, a lot of his losses come with him grappling, him getting tired, him having this, you know, cardio put to it, put to the test. So I wasn't able to uh, implement that because I was in there trying to box. You know what I mean? So you know, that was the difference, you know. Was there any moments where you thought of not taking the fight when you first got offered? Or was it 100% yes? Or was there a part of you that's like, ah, maybe I should give myself a full camp? No, no, 100% yes when they said it was the UFC. Now, if they would have told me it was another little regional fight, you know, somewhere local, they, yeah, I would have been like, no, nah, I'm good. Uh, just because I wanted to take uh, the time out um, for, for my girl and then my uh, unborn baby that wasn't here yet um, at the time. Uh, but as soon as they told me it was the UFC and then for a fight, contract like no matter what win lose i was like bro i gotta take good like that like if they're gonna give you a short notice fight they'd be like look we know it's short notice but you know if things do go south or whatnot we'll you, you're gonna come back now, that's the thing though short notice with a shark like kevin holland's still a killer you know what i mean he's yeah. still a killer yeah. but i know i know i'm better than him though at the end of the day you did the right thing as far as because you know what when you lose a fight no matter what you, you lose a fight it just it just sucks it sucks the degree of suckiness depends. Is it a knockout? Is it a decision? Is it, But it still plain sucks. Then you did the right thing. You didn't, after the fight, you didn't, and no excuse, no, no. You went back in, and not only did you win, but you won in spectacular fashion where it's like, shit, now we're viral. Now, now everybody's like, yo, yeah. when is this guy fighting again? And that's right. the best thing you could have done, man. Right, right. And then what I love, you know, some people, some people on Instagram, they hate like, oh, people must have forgot about the Kevin Holland. Like, it's all good, but the majority of people have not seen it, so it's just it doesn't even matter. But everybody knows me for the kick now, and I'm just willing to show even more uh, in my next fight. You know what I mean? So with that loss that was given to me, it didn't hurt me. It helped me with getting the opportunity with Emperor that night. You know. So if anything, that loss that I took with Kevin Harlan kind of propelled my career even more because I would have never had that fight with Imp and this viral knockout fight would have never happened. Did he hold your foot too long that enabled you to do that? Um, what, what did he do that enabled you to do that? Um, what, it's the thing that he never reacted the first two times when he grabbed my foot. Uh, he never uh, really kind of um, executed like um, just like uh, an attack to go come forward. You know what I mean? When he uh, grabbed my foot the first two times, but he didn't do anything wrong. That's that's a three point block. Like you know, that's something a lot of people teach. You know, uh, within MMA or just in Muay Thai alone. And uh, but he just held it the third time, and I realized it was there, and I just capitalized. That's it. You know, that's just a very small mistake he made. You know. For the people that do not know you, they know you just from this kick. A little bit about about your background. Where are you coming from? Where are you, where are you from? And then what's your first discipline? What did you first get started with when it comes to training? Uh, well, I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. I was born and raised here. Um, um, 
you know, my first discipline uh, was wrestling, just getting right into um, high school, you know. So I wasn't a big wrestler. I wasn't really great at it, you know, uh, but I was very disciplined. And um, I was just very determined, you know, to get better at that um, style of, you know, martial arts was the wrestling aspect. And as soon as I graduated, man, I went straight into mixed martial arts uh, because that's something that I always wanted to do since middle school, man, watching, you know, all the, you know, the top guys like Rampage, George St. Pierre, you know, the Chuck Liddells, you know, all them guys uh, and just being influenced at, you know, one point in my life and uh, just actually shooting, shooting for it as soon as I graduated from high school. How did you take to the striking? Because you said the wrestling you were eh, okay at. And- I think I think I was naturally talented with the striking, but it was still things to work when it comes to technique and forms. Um, one of the first people to, you know, help me out, you know, was like Rob Donica, Jeff Rittenhouse, Steve Mann, who uh, in the very beginning of, not, not, not even my career, just in the beginning of just my learning stage of uh, starting with training, because I wouldn't, you know, I wasn't expecting to actually become a pro fighter and nothing like that. I just wanted to get uh, involved with it. So in my very beginning learning stage, you know, they showed me how to throw the jab, you know, they gave me the numbers for it and stuff like that. But after a while, you know, I say like three, four years, I started, I, you know, I really needed it to learn more about what I was trying to do. And YouTube was a big help to that. You know what I mean? So learning from some of the best coaches around the world with this, you know, with just technology alone with YouTube, you know, I would listen to some of the best uh, fighters in the world, like, you know, with kickboxing, like old school, uh, Bill Superfoot, you know, Wallace, you know, a lot of people don't know that guy, you know, Benny the Jet or, you know, um, uh, who, uh, Fre- uh, Freddie Roach, you know, I would just listen to a lot of these guys and uh, just try to gain as much knowledge and just become a student of my craft, you know. Are you, uh, now I, I read somewhere that, are, did, are you still working another job besides fighting or are you able to leave that? I, I was, I was able to leave, but you know, it's only because, um, they was able to give me this fight for November and, you know, they tell me that my career is kind of, you know, being shot forward, you know what I mean? So uh, I was able to leave my job and, uh, you know, and actually perform pursue for my uh, MMA career, which is good. How, how does that feel to, to be able to leave? Because it's always a big moment when someone leaves like the, the day job or the other thing to get into the real. How did that feel to leave that? Um, it, it felt good. I'm not going to lie because it's what we've been working for for a long time. But at the same time, uh, I remember I was reminding myself, you know what I mean? Don't forget where we came from and don't forget like the struggle and stuff like that. So I'm not letting my head get souped up. You know, I realized that the UFC is not just the only career path. I need to figure out what else I want to do afterwards. You know, even though I'm getting to leave my Walgreens job, I still need to figure out what I want to do with my life, you know, at the same time. But I'm just glad to be secure, to be having the time to figure that out. I was shot. Now that we're talking to you, Joaquin, and you seem like a humble enough guy, you know, uh, I was shocked to see James Krause's remarks at his post-fight uh, press conference. Did you see that? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, right. Now, what is going on? Well, I mean, listen, this ain't bad. This is the fight game. I always say, listen, I got enough friends. I could use some enemies. That's not a bad saying in this game. <laughs> you, right. you know, I was shocked to hear that because I get along with James Krause. I think he's a pretty down-to-earth guy. You seem cool. What's going on here, man? No, so, it, it, it's nothing personal with me. It's always business. I, I just want to fight, you know. Um, I don't think um, personally um, that he had a problem from the beginning it's just when I was calling out some of his guys at the time when uh, I couldn't find any fights. I was just calling out the best guys. He had the best guys. If anything, it's a compliment, you know what I mean, to come, you know, want to fight him and, and want to get in the cage with him and just, you know, show our skills. But, you know, I guess he took that personally, whatever, me calling out his guys 
And once I got into the UFC, I thought it'd be no problem. I'm already in the spot where they're not. So me, you know, going into his gym, I thought that we could get some work in together and help each other because I knew that he was fighting at Abu Dhabi as well. I could help him, uh, you know, get ready for his fight as well. But he said he had no use for a person that lost his last fight. So I'm like, damn, all right, I see how it is. You know what I mean? So he really kind of, he was trying to snub me first. So it's a, it is what it is, you know. But now that I see if we can't compete with one another, not compete, if we can't eat with one another, then we might as well compete with one another, you know. And that's my thing. Like, so if I'm not training with you, then you're a perfect avenue for you to fight, for, to fight one another, you know. All we're trying to do is eat, man. We're just trying to get paid. That's it. And you know what? It's got to be confusing, Jimmy, for the younger fighters in a sense where you see some guys, and again, I don't know what was said, what you were saying to his fighters and whatnot, but you see, now you're saying, look, I was trying to get a fight. And then you look at some of the guys who are loud in that aspect of trying to get a fight, and it works out for them. You see the guys pulling the con, whatever Khan is doing, and and it works for them. It's no disrespect to it, though. I just say, I want to fight. Like, let's set up a date. It's no disrespect. I ain't talking about nobody. Mama, I ain't bringing nobody. Kids into the mix, you know. I'm literally just saying, let's compete. That's it, you know? Yeah, and he took offense to that. Please explain how what's disrespectful about that. How do you call somebody a shitbox for that? I got to ask. You got to, I ain't never heard nobody call me a shitbox or anybody else. <laughs> he's, <laughs> like, what exactly, he's like, what exactly is a shitbox? I mean, out of all the, uh, it's one thing if you call somebody a punk, but a shitbox is an unusual attack. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. You know, but it is what it is. I love it because all, all he did was bring some more flames to the hype, you know, so. Hey, <laughs> as long as they mention your name, man. Yeah. As long as they mention your name. Yeah. And hey, asking for fights is smart, though. I mean, again, we love Leon Edwards. And, and uh, you know, Leon is a great fighter, but he's a very humble and quiet guy. And he never really says anything. And it's like he hasn't gotten a fight in a while. It's like, you know, sometimes I think it helps to ask for fights. Uh, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And he and guess what? Leon's been doing it. You know, he didn't call out Gilbert Burns, you know what I mean? And uh and of course the champ Kamar Usman and stuff like that. But you oh, yeah. know, on the right thing and calling out the fights, but you know, at the end of the day, they're gonna match you up with who they match you up with. So Yeah, so you got November the twenty first. And uh congratulations on and on not a fast rise, but just on on things working out well. Like you realize how smart your decision was to take the risk on that short notice fight. Because this is, no one remembers the, I mean, the Kevin Hall fight was a great fight, but this is what everybody is thinking of, is this incredible moment that you had. Exactly, exactly. Yes, sir. It's a little surreal for you, like not going from somebody that, all right, you you, you want to get into the big show, and now they're possibly the best finish ever. <laughs> it, 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 but I, I'm not going to lie, we've been planning for this. It's just, it happened quicker than what we expected. I even tell my girl all the time, I was like, now look, but when we get out there, you know what I'm saying, social media is going to be crazy. People are going to be talking a lot of stuff, but they won't be concerned about them or anything. As she's driving with me right now. Oh. Hello. 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 Nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet You're you. probably so proud. Good. Right. Oh, I am. But yeah. we've just been preparing for this moment because I knew I was going to get here probably eventually, hopefully, you know what I mean, just praying on it. But, you know, it is still surreal to this moment. Yep. Yeah, that's great, man. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. I appreciate it. Thank you. And the Holland fight was a great fight. You look great in that fight, too. I mean, you know, he got the better of you, but you, you look great there, too. Yes, sir. I know I did. You know, that's why, like I said, it didn't it didn't hurt me or didn't uh, weaken my confidence at all because of what I was able to do in the short uh, amount of time I was able to do it. And like I said, and I tell people, with no coach behind me at the time, you know what I mean? That whole week I was by myself. You know, I had to do my paperwork on my own. I had to get things done for you. Side, I had to do a bunch of things uh, literally on my own until another guy had to come in and help me out with that. So, 
uh, like I said, we just we feel blessed. And uh, without that moment happening, this moment would have never happened. So everything happens for a reason. Oh, heck awesome. yeah, man. Listen, opportunity knocked. You answered it. Yep. It's working out great for you. And we can't wait to watch you fight again, buddy. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Oh, nice. Yeah. What a nice He's girlfriend, nice too. too. Yeah, maybe James Krause was offended that he was calling out his fighters. Well, I like, he, you know, listen, we're in the fight game. I don't blame yeah. Joaquin for looking for fights. I like that he mentioned, because, listen, you don't know what a guy would say. Like, you know what I mean? If if I have a, 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 a on the, even on a local circuit, there's a guy constantly asking to fight my guys, and then he wants to fight with us. It's like, ah, eh, that's all right. We're doing okay. Sure. You know, but again, you understand Joaquin's point. Okay. I would really, next time we talk to James Krause, we got to ask about the shitbox thing, because that's kind of hard. It's a crazy, Listen, it's my favorite expression now, though. After hearing shitbox, like there's no ambiguity in that. No one ever bad. goes, hey, is that bad? He called me a shitbox. No one ever wonders what you meant by that. It's nothing good about it. I don't no. think you could flip that to something. Well, no, I meant, a, you know, yeah. a box of shit. No, it's pretty big. Yeah. Oh, shit. Really quick. Something that stung out, stuck out is uh, Dean Thomas's protege, Jillian Robinson, did he, defeated Poliana Botala by uh, a, a unanimous decision. And it was something else. It was a beautiful display of jujitsu, Jimmy. And that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about improving your position on the floor. Don't just lay in a guard. Yeah. She is, this girl's patient. And I'm telling you, I like her connection with Dean Thomas. I like hearing them between rounds. They were very in tune with each other. Right. Jimmy's been teaching, oh, Jimmy. Uh, oh, Dean's come been teaching, on. Jimmy. Dean's been teaching her since she's a kid, you know? Yeah. And when he left American Top Team, it was like that scene at a fucking Jerry Maguire. He's like, who's coming with me? Huh? And she stood up and goes, I am. But th- that didn't happen. But it's kind of like that. It reminds me of that scene. Metaphorically, he left when she yeah. left American Top Team. And uh, whatever happened to Zanae Zellweger? Um, doing movies, I'm sure. Okay. Um, but back to what we're talking about here. Uh, so in between the, after the first round, she told, and that's all, that, she had a hard time getting her down that first round. I believe she got it down at the end. I got her, maybe not. I got to see it again. Um, it's it's all going into one. But I remember between rounds, she was saying how she was strong. And Dean's like, all right, it's what we expected, though. And she's like, no. And then she's like, right before she got off the stool, she goes, 10 more minutes. And he's like, yeah, that's right. It was, dude, Jimmy, she was very, she was not getting overwhelmed. And that first round, uh, Poliana was not making it easy for her. Right. You know what I mean? She was not making it easy for her to get to the floor. But she was persi- persistent, Jimmy. That's the word I want to use. Persistent on her attack. She was calm and calculated. She got that fight to the floor and she had her way. And the way she does her, her passing blended in with some ground and pound, but not overwhelming, Jimmy. Elbow here, elbow there, three-quarter mount, her foot's caught, punching more, going to mount, going back. I can't say enough about that. I want to see what's next with Jillian Robinson. Nickname is correct, Savage. And the Kimura Savage liked what she did. I'm not going to do that again with the third person. I didn't mind. By the way, did you see Saeed uh, Nurmagomedov over Mark Striegel? Wow. He Which looked one? good. Saeed uh, Nurmagomedov. Oh, shit, yeah. The one that was Ooh, opening how, how fight. Fast yeah. was that? Oh, my God. Um, a, a minute into the first yeah. round? I, that was I, I devastating. Yeah. That was devastating. But, uh, dude, I mean, Jimmy, I'll tell you. So much exciting things going on. I yeah. enjoy those fights. I'm going to be enjoying the fights this coming Saturday. Yeah. And 
I'll be enjoying talking to you in a couple of days. Matt, perfect. And uh, thank you so much to Javier Mendez, uh, of course, Aljamain Sterling, and uh, Joaquin Buckley. It was nice talking to him. And uh, Matt, I'll see you in a couple of days. Can I plug one thing? Matt, of course. Thank you. Has nothing to do with me. Yeah. Go to follow Dean Thomas on Instagram. Sure. Click on the link in his bio and watch the, uh, Dean's Diaries from Fight Island. Okay. It's also on the UFC YouTube channel. Dean's Diaries. I might make an appearance in there, but that's not why oh, I'm saying it. Well, you know, saying. I, Dean's my buddy. I hang out with Dean. You're you know, good he might see us drinking a beer or two in a pool and just hanging out. But Dean, uh, Dean has his own little thing on there, and I think. Uh, Unlike his improv, it does not suck. It's good. Awesome. Okay. Jimmy. I got to plug something for somebody else too. Oh. My friend uh, Chip Chipperson has asked me to plug his uh, chipchipperson.com for shirts like the dummy um, or other uh, items. Oh, I get it. It's not the mummy. It's the dummy. No, and it says it in big red letters on the bottom. The dummy. The dummy. Yeah, I'm just too fat to stand up at this point. Oh, All right, pal. So cute. All right, buddy. <laughs> I'll, see you I'll talk to you later, buddy. Bye, Matt. Bye, everyone. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And it's your last chance to get more fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this limited-time bundle ends June 30th. Save now at cedarpoint.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.